Hey y'all, you are now tuning in to the Praying Single Mom podcast where we love the Lord, we love to pray, and we even love a good slay child, okay? But we also love to get real, raw, uncut, and candid. No topic is off limits here as we are not after religion, but we're at the relationship with Christ. We are not after perfection, but we're at the connection. So we'll touch on all topics from why you need to get out of that relationship that is no longer serving you to rejection, abandonment, grief, neglect, you name it. From how to be a better parent to how to better that spending habit, honey, because we know how we can get okay. We let God use us like never before. I hope you know that you're safe here. You can cry here. You can laugh here. Whatever floats your boat and keeps you afloat, okay? I'm your host, Lakeisha Cody. Let's get into it. So with the new year comes new goals, new plans, cliches, prophetic words, such as this will be your year, or this will be the year of open doors, or all these different type of sayings that we love to throw out there when a new year comes. While there is nothing wrong with those things, I believe it's important to go a little further and make the decision this year to bring or keep some things in that will serve you and be willing to out the things that are no longer serving you. I won't say out with the old and in with the new. Not in this instance, because there are some old things and old patterns that some of us need to pick back up and some of us need to bring back in, such as fasting, such as praying, such as watching what we eat, such as watching and being mindful of the people that we let in. There are some new things and some new patterns that we picked up along the way that we need to get rid of, that we need to be done with. Amen. So tonight's topic for those of you who are taking notes is going to be ins and outs, ins and outs, right? That's going to be tonight's topic for those of you who are taking notes. And um, all right, I'm going to start with scripture, uh, Psalms 46 and 10, and um, that's be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am God. I believe one of the first things that we need to recognize and understand as we move forward in 2024 is that we need to be still and know that he is God and God alone, right? We need to be still and know that he is God and God alone in order for us to get clear on what we want to bring in or kick out this year. We have to understand who the God in our life is that he still sits on the throne and we need to place him back in his place of sovereignty. What does this mean? Many of us have taken matters into our own hands. Many of us pride ourselves and how well we are able to control a situation until we're no longer able to control that situation. And then once we've lost all control, what do we do? We turn back to God who has never stopped being sovereign in the first place. It was just us who believed that we could have a different effect on the situation. We felt that if we put our hands in the pot and if we stirred up some things that we, that the outcome would be different. We feel like a lot of times we feel like um, we need to help God, but many of you need to know that he doesn't really need your assistance, but God is all knowing. 
He's all powerful. He is the author and the finisher. One thing that has brought me great confidence is knowing that nothing happens in my life by coincidence. It's knowing that nothing happens in my life by chance. It's knowing that nothing comes as a surprise to God. If you know me and if you've ever asked me to pray for you in whatever situation, the first thing that I am going to tell you is that this did not catch God by surprise. Why? Because I know God to be the author and the finisher of our faith. I know God to be the one who wrote the ending before the beginning. So if he wrote the ending before the beginning, that means that he already knew that this thing would take place. And if he already knew that this thing would take place, that means that he already has a solution before you even walked in it. He had a solution to bring you out of it. A lot of times we don't give God enough credit for who he is. Y'all following me on tonight? Isaiah 46 and 10 says this, it says, I make known the end from the beginning, from ancient times, what is still to come. And I say my purpose will stand and I will do the, all that I please for it to do. So he said that I made known the ending from the beginning. What is still to come? I say that my purpose will stand and I will do all that I please, meaning that God wrote the ending before the beginning, meaning that his purpose will stand and he will do what he wants it to do. He will do what he pleases to do. A lot of times I got to remind myself and a lot of times I got to remind other people is that the promise of God still stands over my life. The promise of God still stands over my life. I don't care what it looks like right now. I don't care what I'm sitting in right now. I don't care what the bank account is saying right now. I believe that the promise still stands on my life. Some of you guys got to get to a point where you tell yourself that the promise still stands on my life. Many of you are in a hard season right now and you have put down the promise of God. But what I'm hearing right now is God saying that the promise over your life is still yes and amen. Do you believe it? The promise still stands. Why? Because he's faithful, because he's good, because he is a good father. And if he promised it to you, I guarantee you that he's going to make sure that it comes to pass. Why? Because he will get the glory. He's going to get the glory. When he promised you that thing, he knew you would mess up. When he promised you that thing, he knew you would get distracted. When he promised you that thing, he knew that you would still go and try to do things your own way. When he promised you that thing, he knew that you wouldn't believe him. He knew that your faith would run out. He knew that you would grow weary in well-doing. He knew that you would say, God, where out art thou? He knew, he knew, he knew when it when the going got tough that you would be ready to throw in a towel and give up. He knew that when he promised you that, when he gave you that promise before the foundation of the earth, he knew what, what you were gonna do. He knew your flaws. And because of that, he knows how to handle you. One thing that I'm so grateful for, that I don't serve Muhammad and that I don't serve Buddha, but I serve a true and living God. I serve a father who understands and he knows that even when I get in my feelings and even when I get in my emotions, that he knows that that doesn't change his promise. I'm so glad that I serve a God, that even when I mess up and people may even put their mouths on me, 
And people may even say she not even what I thought she was going to be. One thing that I'm grateful for is that I serve a God that will still say, no, you are chosen. No, you are mine. No, the promise still stands. I'm so grateful that I serve the type of father that doesn't take his eyes off of me. Even when I take my eyes off of him, I'm so grateful that I serve the type of God that will go before me, that will fight for me, that will keep his hands down upon me. I'm so grateful that I serve a true and living God. That my situations don't intimidate him. I may be without a car right now, but that doesn't intimidate God. I may be without a house right now, but that doesn't intimidate him. I may not have the six-figure salary in this moment, but that doesn't intimidate God. It doesn't change who he is. Who am I talking to on tonight? My God. So regardless of the goals you set this year, always make room and leave room for God's purpose to prevail in your life. My God. My God, a lot of the things tend to go wrong when we fail to make room for God's purpose to prevail. How do you make room? Well, you set the goals, you make the plans, you write the vision and you make it plain, but you still say, nevertheless, God, not my will, but your will be done. I know I want A, B, and C to happen, but not my will, but your will to be done. I know I want this man right here, oh God. I know I want this friend right here. I want this purpose person right here, oh God, but but because you can see what I can't see, I'm going to choose to trust your will because you can hear conversations that I can't even hear. I'm going to choose to trust your will because you can see ahead of me. I'm going to choose to trust that your will is good. God's will is so perfect, my God. <laughs> a lot of what we go through, we feel like God has made a mistake. But a lot of times you don't even understand that he allowed that hurt to happen. He allowed you to go through that situation that brought you great heartache and pain. Because when you got to your promise and when you got into that relationship that looked like the promise, when you make it to that marriage, you're going to be able to see and you're going to be ready and you're going to be good. You're going to be ready to appreciate your person to appreciate your partner, to appreciate your mate from a place that you wouldn't have been able to, to appreciate him before. I don't even know why I'm going there. A lot of you got questions. God, why did I even end up in that situation? Ship? I feel like that was pointless. God is saying nothing that I do in your life is pointless. When you're called, there's nothing that I do in your life that is pointless. Why? Because everything that you go through, I'm going to cause it to work for your good. Everything that the, the enemy sent to destroy you, I'm going to cause it to work for your good. Yeah, you were in that situation ship. Yeah, you ended up in that toxic relationship and you didn't get anything out of it. But what you got out of it was what you, you were able to realize what you no longer are willing to tolerate. My God, God's will is so perfect. A lot of us must change the way that we view God's will in order for us to appreciate and lean into the will of God. We must understand that God's will for our lives has a reason and a purpose. My God, 
In order for us to know God's plan for our life, we must learn to walk with God. For many of us, including myself, this will be an end for many of us. Something that we won't kick out, but we will leave it in is that we must learn to walk with God again. In fact, if many of us can be honest, our walk with God hasn't been the best nor the easiest, and it's not God's fault. If many of us can tell the truth in this moment, it's because we stepped away from God. Do I got anybody that's willing to be honest on tonight? How many of you stepped away from God in 2023? You don't got you, come on. Who's gonna be honest? Just put me in the comments because everybody needs to know that they ain't they're, they're not alone. If we can be honest, a lot of us stepped away from God in 2023. It wasn't him that left us, it was us. We stepped away from him. We said, Oh God, this 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 situation right here, this feels too good. You know, this temporary pleasure, it feels too good. And I I like the way it's making me feel. So I'm gonna step away from you in this moment. I'm gonna put you away for a little bit. I'm because because I, I believe that I can fix this situation. I believe that I can change this person. I know you told me to get out of this situation, and I know I should have never got in this situation in the first place, but because I'm here now, God, and it feels good, I want to stay in it for a little while longer. My God, we've been conditioned to think that a new Monday, that a new month, a new year is going to change what's happening around us. But the truth is, we must be willing to first change what's happening inside of us in order to see the change around us. If I were you, I would take notes. So one of the ends, again, is getting back on our walk with God. And the out to that would be letting go and walking away from anything or anyone that is deterring us from our walk with God. I saw I saw a post today that said, don't worry about your distractions, but worry about your focus. Don't worry about what's distracting you, but pay attention to what it is that you are focusing on. I thought this was so good because oftentimes we get so caught up on what's distracting us. But where is your focus? What you focus on will grow. A lot of times we like, oh, this is just a distraction. You know, this show is a distraction. This person is distracting me. This situation is distracting me. We focus so much on the distractions, but where is your focus? Are you focusing heavily on these people that's distracting you? Where is your focus? For those of you who um, are taking notes, Another end for 2024 would be for you to adjust your focus. Adjust your focus. This year, let's make a conscious decision to starve our distractions and to feed our focus. So when that person that you know is not sent from God hits you up, remember that you don't have to respond. Why? Because what we starve will eventually die. My coworker Jazz is on here and I got a crazy text message had to be this week or last week. And the first thing that she told me was don't respond to it. Don't respond to it. Why? Because what we starve will eventually die. And guess what? It died out. It died out. I didn't hear from that person again. Why? Because I did not entertain it. 
What we starve will eventually die. That can be anything. You've been on this sugar rush. Are you continuing to feed your body sugar? But I guarantee you that when you start cutting back on that sugar, your body is no longer going to crave it until you introduce your body back to it. How do I know? Because I've been there. What we starve will eventually die. Your algorithm. How is your uh, your Facebook algorithm? How is your Instagram, your Twitter, your TikTok algorithm? What do you have popping up on your algorithm? Your algorithm will tell you a lot about your mind. Your algorithm will tell you a lot about your focus. Your algorithm will tell you a lot about what's in your heart right now. What do you have? Every time you like something, you give it authorization to show up on your feed. So I don't like everything <laughs> literally mentally and spiritually I don't like everything because I realize when I get on social media I don't want my I don't want to feed my spirit certain things and so now when I get on social media I have trained or positioned my algorithm to where it may be workout stuff showing up it may be people who are getting themselves back in shape it may be healthy meals that are popping up it may be women that desire to get married popping up it may be Christian scriptures popping up worship music popping up why because I am adjusting my focus and I'm changing what pops up in my flesh, in my spirit. You got to get real, real, real particular about what you allow in your spirit again. And it's okay. You have the ability to retrain your algorithm. You can retrain anything in life. You can retrain your mind. You can retrain the way that you think. But what's showing up on your algorithm? A lot of times people be like, I get so tired of seeing all of this stuff on social media. No, it's because you like it. You like it. And so if you like it, um, you're, you're, you're feeding that distraction, right? So let's starve our distractions and feed our focus. Galatians, Galatians 5 and 24 says that those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and its desires, right? Galatians 5 and 16 says to walk by the spirit and you won't have to gratify or entertain the desires of the flesh. Romans 8 and 13 says that if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. So let's starve our distractions, right? Because we don't want to live by the flesh. Let's starve our flesh and feed her focus. Our focus is how do we feed our focus? We feed what we allow into our eye gates. We feed what we allow into our ear gates. We feed what we allow into our hearts. We feed what we allow into our body. So how do we feed our focus? That's how. So the out to this one is to be done with, with allowing, not allowing distractions to win you over and take you out, right? One thing about distractions, they are sent from the enemy. How do I know this? Because the enemy is a thief. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. So if we know that to be true, then don't you think that he's after your stuff? Don't you think that he's after your mind? Don't you think that he's after your money? You try to save money and then here, here comes the enemy planting seeds in your mind. And you go, here you go spending your money again, only to end up with nothing. 
He comes to kill. Here you are feeling hopeful and like you have a purpose again. And then the next thing you know, the enemy shows you a view of someone else's life. And the next thing you know, you're questioning what God has told you to do. He also comes to destroy. He's here to destroy friendships. He's here to destroy relationships with your family members, with your children, co-workers, relationships with people who God sent to help you and to pour into you. Yet, because you still have trust issues and triggers, you self-sabotage the very person that God has sent to be a blessing. Somebody need to speak, speak and decree this over your life. I will no longer give in to self-sabotage. Somebody needs to decree and declare this over your life. I'm going to decree and declare this thing over my own life. I will no longer give in to self-sabotage. I'm tired of it. I'm tired of it. You got to be able to identify it. You got to be able to identify it. You got to be able to identify that thing. I will no longer give in to self-sabotage. How does self-sabotage show up? God sends a good person alone with pure intentions, but you treat this person just like you treat treated the other people who betrayed you. I will no longer give in to self-sabotage. God sends something along and here you go with this. This is too good to be true mentality. You got to begin to tell yourself that there's nothing that's too good to be true for me. It's not too good to be true because God is good and he is the truth. <laughs> he is the truth. So let us be done with giving in to distractions. The enemy is crafty, but God is greater. First Corinthians 10 and 13 says, and this is the amplified version. No temptation regardless of its source, has overtaken or enticed you that is not common to human experience, nor is any temptation unusual or beyond human resistance. But God is faithful to his word. He is compassionate and trustworthy, and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability to resist. But along with temptation, he how he has done in the past and in now will always provide the way out as well so that you will be able to endure it without yielding and will overcome that temptation with joy. Y'all need to know that the amplified version is real good. <laughs> it breaks stuff down in a way that um, that is beneficial for you in that moment. So no temptation, regardless of where it came from has overtaken you. I don't care who sent that temptation. I don't care if you got yourself into that temptation. God will always provide a way out of it. Always provide a way out of that distraction. Always so that you will be able to endure it and overcome that temptation with joy. So far, so far the ends are getting back on your walk with God, readjusting your focus and starving your distractions. If this has been good so far, drop some hearts in the comments. Another end for this year is to not only stand on business, but to stand on the word of God. You know, there's a trend going around that says we need to stand on business, 
But how many of you know that we got to stand on the word of God again? We got to stand on the word of God again. We, we just got to. Why? Because the word still works. The word still works. We are in search of so many other things that we forget that the word is still alive and is sharper than any two-edged sword. The word is enough. When was the last time you sat and allowed God's word to minister to you? When was the last time you needed advice and instead of going to a social media post or a social media guru or sending that text message, you opened the Bible and you trusted that by faith, God would respond through his word. Some of us are wanting to know how can we get to know God more? How can we feel God? How can we sense his presence? Well, did you know that it's by reading the Bible that as you read the Bible, you ain't got no choice but to feel closer to God. Many of us, we got to be delivered from that validation seeking where you're seeking validation from everyone else instead of seeking that validation from God. Because if you already know, like I know he's already solidified everything that as it relates to you all already is already done and I hear some of you right now in the spirit you probably saying listen I read the bible but I still don't feel anything or I read the bible but it's boring to me have y'all ever said that have you ever felt like when you read the bible nothing changed are y'all gonna be honest on tonight Understand that it's the Bible that reveals the character of God. It's the Bible that gives fresh revelation. Why? Because the word is alive. What does it mean when we say that the word is alive? That means that there is a solution or a piece of revelation available for you every single time you open the Bible. Every single time when we say that the word is alive and is sharper than any two-edged sword. That means that the word is living. For those of you who still use a paper Bible or you got a paper Bible right beside you, remove the bookmarks and just begin to flip to whatever page you, you land on. It's like playing Russian roulette, a Holy Ghost Russian roulette and watch God speak to you through his word. I'm going to do it right now. If y'all got y'all Bible in front of y'all, just, just flip through whatever page that you land on. And whatever page that you land on, read, read one or two scriptures. I guarantee you there's going to be some revelation in that word because his word is alive. His word is alive. Sometimes you just got to gaze on it. You got to gaze on it. Gaze on the word. I guarantee you he's going to speak to you in that moment because his word is alive. His word is alive. So try to do that. I challenge y'all to do that for the remainder of this month. Open your paper Bible and just go to a scripture. Um, flip open the page of the Bible and just see what God is saying to you in that moment. Tawana says she opened it up and it was on Jeremiah three and three. I guarantee you that is what God is trying to say to you in this moment. Why? Because God speaks through his word. For the remainder of this month, flip open your Bible every day. You don't got to read the whole page, but whatever it is that speaks to your spirit 
and watch how that trains your body to be, to come into alignment with the spirit of God and to be sensitive to God's re- revelation. Because a lot of us be walking around and we be like, I don't feel God. I don't hear God. It's not that you don't feel God. You're just not sensitive to him anymore. Your hearing is clouded. Your vision is clouded. Your judgment is clouded. You're not sensitive to him anymore. And that can definitely change. So an out for this would be to be done with being okay with not reading your word. That's out this year. No more going through a day or a month without opening up that Bible. I don't care if you read one sentence. I don't care if you read one word, whatever it is, let that be an out for this year. The scripture says in Joshua 1 and 8 to meditate on the word day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in the word. First John 5, 1 through 5 says that if you love me, obey my commands. And my commands are not burdensome. (laughs) He snapped on that line. He said, if you love me like you say you love me, obey me. If you love me like you tell everybody you love me, obey my commands. Do what I told you to do in the Bible. Do what my word is telling you to do. And then he followed up and said that my commands are not burdensome. So they're not going to cause you to feel burdened down and weighed down and heavy. Which brings us to the next end for 2024, which is obedience, y'all. Another end is to be obedient this year and watch your life change. Be obedient this year and watch your life change. First Peter 14 and 15 says, as obedient children, do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance. How many of us can admit that we know that we have given into the passions of our former ignorance and our former ways and our former self, our old self? Second Corinthians five and 17 says that if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. I don't know why this just hit me and this ain't even in my notes, but I would have you guys to know that on the Praying Single Mom podcast, my most listened to episodes are the ones from prayers and Bible study. Cause I be getting on there and I try to do, I do my other episodes as well that are not the ones from these nights. But these nights, prayers and Bible study, those are the most listened to episodes from people all over the world. That means that people are hungry for the word. And when I saw that, because Spotify did a rap and it showed me like the episodes that people tune into the most. And it's the ones from prayers and Bible study. So I just, I'm like, okay, God, I see what you're doing here. One thing about the enemy is that he knows all about your former ignorance. He knows all about your old patterns. He knows all about your old ways, all that. But remind the enemy that and and remind yourself because sometimes we need a self-reminder that we are not who we used to be. That God has brought us from a long way. I know you feel like the same person. I know you feel like things are not changing. I know you feel like if it's not one thing, it's another, but you got to remind yourself. I'm not the old Abby. I'm not the old Amanda. I'm not the old Bree. I'm not the old Corey. I'm not the old Jazz. I'm not the old Kimberly. 
I'm not the old Keandra. I'm not the old Lysandra anymore. I'm not the old Linda. I'm not the old Raven. I'm not the old Cherie. I'm not the old star. I'm not the old Stephanie. I'm not the old Kiosha. I'm not the old Tara. I'm not the old Tawana. I'm not the old Talisha. I'm not the old Terry. You have to remind yourself that I am not who I used to be. We may not be quite where we desire to be, but we sure ain't where we used to be. If some of us can be honest, the old us would have given up and never would have tried again. But look at you starting again. Shout out to Girl Start Over on here, Star Lachey. Look at you starting again. Look at you handling those situations and trials that the enemy sent to destroy you. Look at you being a better mom to your kids. Look at you talking better to yourself. Some of us know that we used to speak so ugly to ourselves. You used to not be able to look at yourselves in the mirror. You used to be like, why am I so ugly, God? I feel so ugly. Or I talk so ugly. Or my teeth like this. My eyes like this. My nose ain't small enough. My waist like this. You know, my butt like this. My body like this. Some of us used to talk so ugly to ourselves, but look at you talking better than yourself. You don't talk crazy about yourself anymore. You don't mess around and start saying things like, I am that girl. Yeah, I am good enough. Yeah, I am somebody and I'm going to be somebody and I'm not like my mama and them and I'm, I'm a generational curse breaker and I will be the first millionaire in my family and, and, I, and I will. I am a daughter of God. Look at you. Look at you. You don't change the way that you speak about yourself. You ain't even realize you don't play about you no more. And I love that for you. I love that for you. No matter how much you cry, no matter how low you get, you don't play about you no more. And I love that for you. Keep it up. Job well done. Look at you managing your money better. I know you may still have some work to do and you still figuring that thing out. But you are more mindful now and you have self-control over how you spend your money. You learn from your mistakes now. Look at you at Bible study on a Tuesday night. What's that song used to be? <laughs> I don't even know if I, I need to sing this secular song right now because they've been going crazy on the ministers like for the secular music. But y'all know that song. Y'all know I've always been like that. But the song is like <laughs> we're going up on a Tuesday. Look at you at Bible study on a Tuesday night. Look at you knowing that everything is not perfect in your life, but yet and still you choose to walk by faith and not by sight. Look at you carrying yourself with your head held high after that embarrassment, after that hurt, after that shame that you went through. Look at you. Look at you. You, you the enemy don't try to tell you several different times that you should be somewhere, that you should be somewhere, don't lost your mind. The enemy tried to tell you that after that relationship didn't work out not to try again. But look at you still being open for love. Look at you still saying, God, I believe in love again. Look at you saying, God, I believe that I am the righteousness of God. Yeah, I, I, I may have messed up last year. I may have even messed up last night, God, but I'm still 
your daughter. I'm still your daughter. I'm still that. Every time the enemy tries to speak in your mind about what you're not, you got to get to a point where you start to tell him, I'm still that. I made some mistakes and the enemy will try to make you feel like your mistakes is the reason why you're going through what you're going through. But you got to begin to open up your mouth and you got to begin to say the promise still stands. You got to begin to say, I thought it was going to go one way, but God had better. If God took it away from you, that means he's about to replace it with something way, way better. I don't got to a place where I understand now. I understand that if I lost it, then it wasn't for me. I understand that if it walked out away from me, then it ain't for me. I understand because the enemy can't take nothing that belongs to me. The enemy can play on my mind every now and then, but he can't take anything. I understand now. Come on. Come on. I understand. I know I'm qualified to preach this thing right here. I'm qualified. I lost the house. I lost the Mercedes. All those type of things. I lost all of that. But what I understand that there's no losses in the kingdom. Everything that God that looked like it went out of my life. I'm, I can't mourn over it. I can't grieve it. I may cry, but I wipe my tears and I pick my head up because I know that what's coming is better. I know this. I know this. The relationship didn't work out because that ain't my person. And I understand that the husband that God has for me, he going to be for me. He going to be patient with me. He going to be gentle with me. I went and read 10 days of praying for your future husband. Again, the, the devotional that I wrote today before I got on here. And as I began to read them prayers, I said, yeah, God, these prayers don't even align with the, the Negroes that I was messing with back then. They don't even align with them counterfeits that the enemy sent back then. So I already know that when my husband come he gonna be gentle i already know when he come he gonna be patient with me i already know that when he comes he gonna know how to handle me i already know that when he comes he gonna be able to deal with my emotions i ain't gonna have to be nobody else i ain't gonna have to do all of this and this and that i already know i already know because if you if them you cause them negroes to get out of my life i already know that you got something better why because he talks about how he takes us from glory to glory to glory Many of you need to have the funeral because you keep mourning what you don't lost. That was me. I kept talking about, oh, I was in this luxurious community. Oh, I was driving this Benz. God said, if you talk about that thing one more time. And then I just shut up talking about it. I said, this is where I'm at right now. This is, this is where I'm at. And then as soon as I shut up and shut up and stop talking about it, God then blessed me right before this new year was out with the 2023 car with 21 miles on it, driving off the lot because the enemy thought he had me. He thought he had me. He thought he had me, but he didn't. Why? Because God is faithful. Faithful. He's faithful to perform his word. And he says that his promise still stands. His promise still stands and it'll always stand.
Who am I talking to on tonight? Uh, wipe your tears. Pick your head up and understand that the promise still stands. That's a testimony for many. I lost my, the Mercedes back in September or August of last year. Many people don't even know. I was walking. My coworker on here, she know one day I came into my job. I was crying. I was walking from the dentist's office to my job. And I said, God, how the hell did I go from being this person who touched 10K a month? month so now I'm walking I'm walking without a car and God said if you would just be patient if you would just be still and know I said God how am I this person who moved out of my city and then I had to come back here three years later God who God is saying he told me in that moment he said I'm gonna get the glory Lakeisha so I trust him I don't care what people say about me I don't care, y'all. Let him talk. Because he's always going to get the glory out of my story. My mess, his message. My mess, his message. My mess, his message. I don't care what nobody say about Lakeisha because he's going to always get the glory. Look, I don't got all off of notes tonight, but I needed to share that because somebody needed to know <laughs> that the promise still stands and stop mourning over what you had. Every time you mourn over what you had, you looking back like Lot's wife and what happened to her? She turned into a pillar of salt because God is saying, stop looking back. What's ahead of you is greater than anything that you could have ever left behind. I had to get to a point where I put a screensaver on my phone that said, what's coming is better than what's gone. What's coming is better than what's gone. What's coming? Let me prophesy to that to you. Raven, be patient in the grieving. I cannot minister to you on how to deal with grief. But what I can tell you is to be patient and allow God to sit with you in the grief. There's no timeline on grief. There's no timeline on it. He'll never be able to replace your baby. He'll never be able to, to, to replace um, the person that you lost that's no longer still here. Be patient with God and allow him to reveal to you every year. Every month, every day, God, what are you saying to me now? God, what are you doing in my heart even now? And I appreciate you for asking that question. Be patient in the grief. Be patient in it. Be patient in it. I don't got all off track with my notes. I know we were almost done, but I, I had to share that with y'all. When the enemy tries to come and tell you, or anyone else for that matter, try to come in and tell you that you are the same old person, let them know that the devil is a liar and that the truth ain't in them. And if they feel that way, then the truth is not in them. The Bible says that obedience is better than sacrifice. And so what does that mean? That means that you can make all the sacrifices in the world. You can serve the church. You can do good deeds. You can give your tithes. You can give your time, your talent. You can do all of these things, but obedience is still better. Yes, serving God requires a sacrifice, but faith without obedience is dead. 
You don't want to be doing all those things, y'all, that appear to be right, but still be in wrong standing with God. Choose obedience. Obey God. Even when everyone else is operating in disobedience, even when it hurts, even when you don't understand, even when it seems like it won't make a difference, obey God. When it's not the popular thing to do, obey God. Obeying God also looks like obeying the voice of God. We got to get back to obeying the voice of God. John 10 and 27, and we're almost done. It says, that my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me and I give unto them eternal life and they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. As God's children, we can hear his voice and he knows us. Therefore, we follow him. So let the out be cutting out the disobedience as well as letting other people's as well as the enemy's voice be louder in your ear than God's voice. Sometimes God will speak to us in a still small voice like he did with Elijah. Quiet the noise. Obey God. Listen for his voice. How do you know if it's God or the enemy? The enemy can do nothing but lie. So if it doesn't align with God's word, it's the enemy. God doesn't give us fear. So if you are hearing something that is feeding your fear, it's the enemy. God is not the author of confusion. So if you're feeling confused, it's the enemy. Jesus is the prince of peace. So if, if there is no peace in it, it's the enemy. The Bible says that the blessings of the Lord make it rich and addeth no sorrow. So if that situation, if that money, if that job, if that group of people, that group of friends, if whatever it is, whatever it is, is it even a blessing if it's causing you so much sorrow? Line every voice in your head up with the word of God. Test it and try it by the word of God. Try every voice in your head by the word of God. The enemy wants you to be double-minded. One day you up, the next day you down. One day you feeling like this, the next day you feeling like that. And then you got to begin to go back to the word of God. And you got to begin to say that I am not double-minded. Line every voice in your head up this year, guys, with the word of God. Line it up with the word of God. You may hear a voice in your ear saying that you're broke, that you'll always be broke, but line it up with the word. The word says that I have been young and now I'm old, yet I have never seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging for bread. That's what the word says. That means that God will never leave nor forsake me. I don't care how empty my bank account gets. He will never forsake me and neither will my seed be found begging for bread. You may hear a voice in your head saying that this is the best that things can get for you. That things will always be like this. But the word in Romans 8 says that the pain that you've been feeling can't even compare to the joy that's coming. So the pain that you've been feeling can't even compare to what's coming. It cannot compare to what's coming. That's what the word says. So lining, line it up with the word of God. So again, the ends are getting back on our walk with God. Adjusting our focus, starving every distraction as well as the flesh. 
not only standing on business, but standing on the word of God and to be obedient this year and watch your life change. Feel free to add your own ins and out for 2024. Some of the outs for you guys need to be, you know, cutting off certain things that are no longer serving you. But I hope this word blessed y'all on tonight. I'm literally done.